You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but to some, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show or to contact us directly, visit us online at www.betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Welcome back, listener, to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. A happy Tuesday to you, especially if you are indeed listening to this on a Tuesday, and especially, especially if you're listening to this on the Tuesday that the episode comes out, because this is the third anniversary of this show, starting all the way back in October of 2020. And before we jump into it, just a quick reminder It does not seem possible that there may be some among you who have been listening for three years, having never subscribed to the Better Than Fiction Bible podcast, and yet that's what my metrics tell me. I was going to say, the analytics suggest otherwise. Yes, it seems impossible, but some among you, I don't know exactly how many, but some of you have legitimately been searching for the podcast manually every time you want to listen for the past three years. And to that, I say, one, thank you so much. We appreciate that. And two, you may rest now. Please subscribe so that you don't have to go through that effort. But we do appreciate your listenership. Can I put a plug in here too? Yes. So one of the things that has helped our podcast tremendously is when people leave reviews on iTunes or stars on Spotify. Mm -hmm. And so for those of you who don't understand reviews on iTunes, you do not have to leave your real name. Uh, You can... um, just leave a made-up name if you want to, something like that. I think we have written reviews. I don't know exactly how many we have now. Probably 30 or 40 or so or something like that. It's, it's a good handful. Yeah. They go such a long way. And, you know, we're told that we have on listening on a weekly basis to the new episode. I think it's like between 700 and 1,000 people listening to it the week it drops. And yes. uh, we have about 30 written reviews and just the people listening weekly. If that's something that you wouldn't mind doing for us, it would help us tremendously. It would take you probably 45 seconds to a minute to do it. And uh, if not, you can just leave a star review on Spotify or a star review on Apple. Those things make a difference in the spread of the podcast. And you may have already done that, but if you've just not done that, uh, think about it, and if you'd uh, like to join with us on that, we'd appreciate it a lot. Yes, absolutely. Those um, those written reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts, taking that time does tell the algorithm that this is worthwhile content. So please, mm-hmm. as Matt says. Hey, one more word about the past is I was listening to some of our earlier content, and we oh, no. said at the beginning, for instance, the Douglas Adams novel, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the opening line of that novel was, in the beginning, the universe was created, and this has made a lot of people very angry and been widely regarded as a bad move. Do you remember that? That was three years ago. We we did that three years ago. You know what? That's not the opening line of that novel. Is it not? It is not. We said it was. It's not... The opening line I kn- is... I knew we didn't know what we were talking about. Yeah, I've, I've read that book three times. It's great. But I, for whatever reason, I uh, I, don't, I don't... I think 
I don't remember if, who said it, but for whatever reason, we let it slide. Um, but the opening line is far out in the uncharted backwaters of the unfashionable end of the western spiral arm of the galaxy lies a small, unregarded yellow sun. That, not at all. <laughs> the opening line, what well, we said it was. So I, I don't know how I feel about the fact that our whole podcast just predicated on misinformation. Yeah, it dude. Is, uh, it, so all of that. I'm surprised we say, made it three years without being called out. Yeah, sorry everybody, we got it wrong. I will say you've this tell this you've... tells me that our our audience does not read science fiction. <laughs> so so. But anyway, happy anniversary, right? Yeah. Like yes, so, I'm I'm right. going the opposite. Like Matt is turning this into a whistleblowing episode. I'm queuing up my Shania Twain. <laughs> Looks like we made it. Look how yeah. far we've come. By the way, this needs to be told. Last week, we're on the way back uh, from family vacation down to the beach for fall break, and Haley is driving, so the rule in our car is whoever is driving sets the playlist, right? Which So usually, right. when, I'm, usually when I'm driving, it's an audiobook streaming. If Haley's driving, it's, it's usually music. Haley's playing all these random songs, and then a country song comes on, and Mackenzie has not been engaging the music at all, but when the country song comes on, it's pop country. Mackenzie starts laughing uncontrollably. And when the song's over, she stops as if she didn't recognize it as music. And I've never felt closer to my daughter than in that moment. <laughs> like that we shared that we shared that moment. Cause I'm not a, I'm not a big country music. Well, not a big pop country uh, fan. So for, for whoever I inevitably offended with that statement, take it up with my baby girl. <laughs> We we promise this is a Bible podcast, folks. This, uh, yeah. th thank you for tuning in for our third our third anniversary episode. Yes. All all that being said, I, I think we're going we're we're going beyond a chapter, right? We're going into twenty eight. That's what we said last week. Mm. Yep. So we are moving officially into twenty eight for sure. Okay, and I can tell you just by reading the the non canon chapter headings, I can tell you that Esau is still at it. <laughs> yeah well so brief obviously we took a break and just uh, reflected a little bit on just the po podcast as a whole but didn't reflect on that opening line but in moving forward what we want to look at today is the continuing trend that is carried forward like we've talked a lot throughout the podcast of like Chekhov's gun the whole idea that what is going to happen is introduced long before it's going to happen. And mm -hmm. like what we're going to look at today should come as absolutely no shock to us because you've got on one part here in Genesis 28, one through nine, you've got Jacob listening to his parents and Esau marrying another woman. Like this should not be a shocker to any of us. So, um, would you all like to uh, uh, read through the text today? Yeah, let's do it. Although, if you ask me to read, I re I will refuse because I read the entire chapter <laughs> last time I read. So I feel like I feel like I've earned that one. Do you want to do paper rock scissors for <laughs> reading? Uh, no, 
Dude, it's your turn, Nathan. Just roll, roll with it, man. Oh, roll with it. He's not. He's not even going to give you the chance. I need. To... I need to question the algorithm. Um, <laughs> all right. So here's Genesis twenty-eight, one through nine. Correct. Yeah, That's... one through nine. Uh, it, and it as lets always, us look at both of the boys. <laughs> I I almost said, and as always, from the ESV, and then I realized I had the CSV up open. on my mm-hmm. panel. Which that's only Ooh. like the tenth time that that's happened on the show. If you listen, so <laughs> once more around the circle, as they say. All right, so Genesis twenty-eight one through nine, and as always, or in my case, as usual, from the ESV. Then Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and directed him, "You must not take a wife from the Canaanite women. Arise, go to go to Padan Aram to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father." And take as your wife from there one of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you, that you may become a company of peoples. May he give the blessing of Abraham to you and to your offspring with you, that you may take possession of the land of your sojournings and God that God gave to Abraham. Thus Isaac sent Jacob away, and he went to Padan Aram, to Laban, the son of Bethuel, the Aramean, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob's and Esau's mother. Now Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to Padan Aram to take a wife from there, and that as he blessed him, he directed him, you must not take a wife from the Canaanite women. And that Jacob had obeyed his father and mother and had gone to Padan Aram. So when Esau saw that the Canaanite women did not please Isaac his father, Esau went to Ishmael and took as his wife, besides the wives he had, Mahalath, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Nebaioth. I love that. I love that took as his wife besides the wives he had. Just, just had if I if I if I uh, ever preach a sermon on this, it might be like petty patriarchs or something like that. Um So th- a okay, couple of y- y'all y'all have got me here. rethinking and, the title. Oh, that's okay. So <laughs> <laughs> Shocker I will not to call everyone. It yeah. A shocker to everyone that we want to take this story back to the Garden of Eden. But Let's say it isn't so mad. Say it's not so. But there is Don't a we want word to take every here. story back there. Be That's fruitful right. and multiply. Wor- not just be fruitful and multiply, but there is another word here that is used in the negative sense during the temptation narrative of the Garden of Eden when it comes to taking. Remember? Good old. Oh yeah. Lacacking. Lacacking. Yeah. So, that's another one of those things that I'm like tuned into now. I'm like looking for it. That's right. Add, add that next to like meals and flowing water. So it, here's what is important the way ancient peoples. And it's interesting that you say that because then you have it verse eight when Esau saw. Took. Yeah. Ra'a. Saw and took. Yeah. 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 Saw that his father didn't approve and all that. And then he so, took. So it's important to reflect on how ancient Jews would have reflected on the Edenic narrative. There are many that would have seen Adam and Eve as childlike. Childlike in this sense, not in the sense that they were actually biological children, but that the innocence that they enjoyed is, is quite, childlike okay and that god in the garden of eden is the parental authority 
for these innocent children. Like this is like this is where we get the whole idea of the parental authority over children and how a bride is offered to the groom because it was remember God who made Eve and brought him to Adam just like a father would bring a daughter to the husband even today it's a nod towards that ancient uh view of Eden who gives but this woman to be married that's right that God is the parent in the Edenic story and the question is are the children going to trust their parents judgment and boundaries or are they going to take for themselves what they see to be good and when you frame it in that parental way and you switch the characters to Jacob and Esau in this sense the parent instead of being God is now Isaac and Rebecca and you have one son that is pushing boundaries, breaking rules, taking things at his own desire, and the other one who is content to be submissive to his parents. And also, let it not be lost. It's like, wait a second. Jacob totally deceived his father at the instruction of his mother. Of his mother. Yeah. Like, he is submitted to his parents. Now, it's a messy story because God's picture is perfect in Eden. He's the perfect parent. Isaac and Rebecca aren't perfect parents, but it's still it's an echo back there. I just wanted to throw that out as food for thought. When we see this stuff, there's a constant comparison and contrast between, between uh, Jacob and Esau about the kind of life and man that's going to please God. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, this is kind of we've we've talked about this and uh, other facets um, going back to the stereotypes that we put uh, Jacob and Esau in Esau as the big brawny man. And, and mm -hmm. we typically say Jacob is the trickster deceiver. Uh, and we almost in our minds make him effeminate. Right. Exactly. But, right. but, but, but the tech, the text does not do that. Like you made the actually, big point. Go, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, last night in church, I actually talked about Jacob and Esau. And okay, said, go ahead. We we see, uh, you know, Esau out, you know, uh, on the hunt, you know, going to Bass Pro, driving the big <laughs> F-250 truck, and then, you know. Revving Jacob's, his engine at the red light. That's right. And then Jacob is, you know, at home watching home economic, you know, YouTube videos and running the sewing machine. It's... We see that, but that's not what the text says. Remind us, Nathan, of what the text actually wants us to glean from. Yeah, the, the text uh, is drawing attention to what, what you've recalled husbandry, which is essentially right. the stewardship of the estate. It's, it's not that uh, he's dwelling in the air-conditioned kitchen as opposed to working out of the field. It's that he's actually managing the household. He's right. domesticating the livestock. He's uh, tending to the crops. So... Rather than the brawny man versus, you know, uh, home ec brother, it's, it's almost like Esau leans toward being a scavenger. What can I bring back? And, and Jacob is the steward. What can I cultivate here? And yeah, so, so like when you, mm. when you bring in the Eden imagery into that, it's, it's a very different picture. You know, when you have the be fruitful and multiply on top of that, 
which brother which brother has been training in that type of activity and then suddenly where you get your wife does matter because adam is a steward before adam is a husband <laughs> that's good. you know what i'm saying and yeah and and the what there's something about esau's husbanding that also communicates how he would steward the estate okay mm-hmm. jacob steals my blessing I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to do what I do. I'm going to go out and seek it elsewhere. Just like I would go out to seek game, just like I would go out to scavenge. I'm going to go find another wife. And it's it's right. interesting where he goes, right? Where does he go? He goes to someone else that has a blessing. Yeah, right? what goes- Gandalf, what's interesting to you about uh so verse 9 uh, so when Ace, and again, Matt, I don't know how I didn't even pay attention to this, but Matt highlighted the saw and took Ra'ah and Lakak, which we draw attention to so often. So when Esau saw that the Canaanite women did not please his father, Esau went to Ishmael and took as his wife, besides the wives he had, Mahalath. This is almost, man, this is almost like that Cain and Lamech moment. Uh, if Cain will be avenged sevenfold, then Lamech 77-fold. Mm. Um, what is interesting to you God about was him really getting... displeased that I took this piece of fruit off the tree. So let me grab another one. That's right. Um, Maybe he'll like I'm, this one. That's a double down. <laughs> uh, it's that it is it is a double down. Um, what's interesting that he gets it from Ishmael. Mm. He, he he's he's getting it from he's getting his next wife from someone who also didn't get the blessing, but whom God oh dang, but God took care of anyway. By the and way, so it's Ishmael like Ishmael was a hunter too. Ding ding ding. Yeah. And um, so, by the way, I wanted to, we mentioned this in our pre-recording conversation. First of all, Gandalf, you, you know how, to, you, you notice how Rebecca just like ducks out of this scene, by the way, <laughs> I'm going to let the Gan- boys work it out. Gandalf, you brought up in looking at some definitions from some etymology of husbandry. Remind us, Gandalf, what does husbandry mean? Because when we hear husbandry, we just think somebody married to a wife. Husbandry, I mean. Literally, I'm looking at here the from from old English. It's the head of a household. It's a um. If further back, it comes from just farmer. Like yeah. if you're just in charge of a household land, manage animals. managing a house. It, head of house is in making sure this things works, thing works, taking care of what's been entrusted to you. Like mm. that. That's husbandry. It's something that I didn't think about until last night in church. I didn't talk about it but it was just a thought that went through is Esau's hunting is only ever recreational because they have food at home. Yeah. Jay, he, they he, have he gets goats prepared for him at home. And by the way, the scripture doesn't condemn recreational hunting. But the scripture would have us to understand that shirking your responsibilities for the sake of any pursuit apart from the God-ordained pursuit that he's given men, which is to be a steward of creation, is going to long-term produce some pain. Is this all just daddy issues, right? Because he's out getting the game. But to him, it's not just about the food, right? There's a there's a thing attached to it. There's a string attached to it, right? Because he 
because it's his father's love is tied to his gathering of meat. Yeah, maybe so. And it's it's always also interesting. And Nathan and Gandalf, you can speak to this in a way I can't, because you both have brothers and I have sisters. <laughs> it from reflecting with my friends with brothers, God makes each boy, each brother different than the other. And when you look at the stories, even in the scripture, frequently you can end up just wanting what your brother has and not appreciating what you have. Absolutely. And I think like thinking about, for instance, Isaac, why did he love Esau so much? Maybe it's because there was something about Ishmael that Isaac admired. You know, Ishmael with his big brother. I don't know. That's speculation. It, mm. This has become Dr. Phil real quick. Mm. <laughs> uh, we, we went from Jerry Springer to Dr. Phil. That's interesting. Yeah, but it, there's just... This story is painting Jacob as a man with flaws, but a man who's seeking to be responsible. And this story is yeah and and it's and it's the whole it's the whole the exact opposite yeah you see the and then again you see the character of uh delayed gratification and jacob i'm willing Mm -hmm. to parse this out on the trajectory that it was given to me versus well i'm just going to go out and get another wife right now you know right um so yeah Uh, you know it makes me think of thor uh not like in classical mythology in the marvel cinematic universe um, we, we know what you're talking about, Nathan. We know what's really going down. <laughs> we, we, we have established mental par- parameters for how deep you are. Uh, and it ends at Marvel, right? Um, the, uh, if you watch the, the first, movie? yeah, the first, the first, uh, Thor movie in the Thor franchise, mm-hmm. um, like it starts off and it's like the opening scene is like Thor being this bravado guy, you know, this warrior, but he's but he's also kind of a you know just a boisterous jockey you know he's he's not very mature obviously not very wise and then you've got loki and and one of the whole things of the thor loki narrative is who should rule and loki sees himself as the guy who should rule and Lo- loki is set up not as not as a classical villain but as like a trickster villain um right. but but one of the things you see is that just because loki shouldn't rule doesn't mean that Thor is ready to rule at the beginning of that movie. <laughs> That's so true. Like Lo- Loki taking the throne, disastrous. But Thor, before his whole narrative arc maturity, uh, taking the throne, equally disastrous in a dis- different way. Um, and so um, it's it's interesting. Jacob is about to go on a journey, and through this journey, like things things that like what happened at Bethel are going to shape Jacob into being the guy who glow, who grows into the blessing that he's about to receive. Mm. Meanwhile, Esau didn't receive the blessing and the way he responds to it almost thwarts him taking the journey he would need to go on. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you know what I was just thinking To get the about? character development he would need. So Nimrod, the, the builder. Another hunter. Yeah. Another hunter, the builder of Babel. Well, and it's, you have a reference it, to Babel in the very next passage. Yeah. But the, the dream it's at Bethel. Not, 
Right. It's not the hunter that sees the stairway. That the hunter is the one who builds the stairway in Genesis chapter 11. That's right. But it's not the hunter here. It's the caretaker. The husband. It's the mm-hmm. husband who is not seeking to make a name for himself, but rather, in, and we'll get, I don't want to steal the thunder off of Bethel, but it's very much tied up in who his God is, that Jacob is name is going to be made now yeah that's good stuff yeah you know what else is good stuff the better than fiction bible podcast and listener i advise you at at, be be like the characters you've heard today be like jacob and listen to your podcast parents and as i tell (laughs) you to like and subscribe to this show and like matt said to give us a written review on apple podcasts if at all possible Um, And probably it doesn't help us algorithmically, but we love receiving messages from you guys at our website, betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. We read every single one of them, and it's always a joy for that. So thank you for listening for these three years. And hey, who knows where we'll be in three more? You think think we'll have hit Exodus by then? I sure hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, until then, you have a great week. See you next time. Shalom. Oh, no, no, no. I won't forget that. No, no, no.